Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 202nd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by Bit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8Bit. Joining me today, my podcast, Right I Die, the Vasquez to my hicks. We talk Miss Ellie Hart. You can find her, obviously, at Miss Ellie Hart. How are you doing today? Howdy, howdy, howdy. How do you? I do good. Um, I'm trying this thing now before recording where I have a, uh, a spoon of honey to try and uh, loosen up the, the throat and the vocal cords so oh. I don't get a little bit cough and, coffee and scratchy. And I'm feeling good so far. It feels like I can sort of breathe a little bit more. My tone and my delivery feels a little bit less forced and sort of painful. I'm, I'm feeling good. You know what, honey is the savior for all things because whenever I had a sore throat, I would have just like a little teaspoon of honey and just that would just ease. It won't it won't fix it, but it definitely makes it feel better. Yeah. And now I have like a tiny teaspoon of honey before I go to the gym. So I have like a little sugar hit and yeah, it's magic. It is some, it is some very special stuff. I'd love to have like a little beehive thing one day just 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 for shits and giggles i know i'd probably get stung and end up having like a scene out of my girl occur to me but um yeah i I think that's cool and i think that's a cool is it what are they called like they're beekeepers but it's like the profession is called it's something i don't know i have no idea when i worked in insurance i remember getting a call from a beekeeper saying that he needed a specific insurance because i learned so much about bees from that guy because they take their bees and they take them to farms in order to like pollinate like the like plants and such so it's actually a business where they pick up the beehives and just move them around like Mm. so i'm like holy like i just thought it was a hobby i didn't know there was a serious like job behind it yeah there's a there's a lot of money in science behind the old bees like um a lot a lot of photosynthesizing and things like that and it's yeah you you move that queen the rest of that uh that little beehive will eventually follow so you could move that queen kilometers away and they'll all uproot out of their little hive and and go to wherever old big uh big mama bear bee is and um yeah so to start start from scratch again so so she's the boss that's wild yeah, the B podcast. I'm coming soon to the uh, hashtag Eight Bit Collective. Keep that, uh, keep that on your dial, listeners. But yeah, it's uh, episode two hundred two here. We've got a pretty jam packed docket. A lot, a lot of sort of little quick hit news uh, headlines that are doing the rounds this past week. Um, full disclosure: I thought there was going to be a bit of a big PlayStation Five announcement. I think uh, we all did. Thanks to Jeff Keeley, and then end up being a twenty five minute video of him playing playing a pack-in game on the PlayStation 5, which I think is cool. I think it's cool that you get um, Astro's Playroom apparently preloaded on, on the PlayStation 5 when it comes out. I think that's cool. Free games and pack-ins is awesome. But all it was was just some hands-on with the DualSense controller. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm happy I actually didn't stay up to watch this. Yeah. Because it, I think it aired at about 2 a.m. Australian time last night or this morning. And um, yeah, I'm very happy I chose sleep over a bit of Jeff Keighley experience this morning. <laughs> Slept in and you missed Jeff Keighley playing with himself. So yeah, next time. Giddy up. 
He's just got a, he's got a very very easy way he delivers information and stuff to like he's easy to watch and listen to. He's a bit of a dude. He's a bit of an old silver fox, the old Keely. He has this presence where he comes across as a douche, but then also comes across as just one of the guys as well. So yeah. And we all know a few people like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're never too sure, you're like, oh, yeah, he's all right. Oh, yeah, he's a bit of a dick. He's a bit of a dick, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> but shout out to Jeff Keeley and Summer Game Fest and just this this online delivery system we have for content and events and updates at the moment. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. What's what's been going on this week? I see you've been playing a playing a couple of games that I'm pretty excited to talk and hear about. Shakara. I've actually not only played one new game, but I also played a game that I haven't really played since launch. So I'll lead in with that. I jumped back into No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, the, the the butt of every joke, unfortunately, No Man's Sky. Because um, I think we did kind of bring it up in a few episodes where, you know, people had been returning to the game and actually, you know, reporting that it actually had improved and there was they were actually enjoying it. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I will get into it. I I just installed it. Like I, I already had it on my PC, so I'm not too sure how that happened, but I installed it and, you know, kind of jumped right in and straight off the bat I was just in like it focused there's like all these extra elements now of like that I definitely didn't experience the first time around where now um I'm like building like bases and whatnot and like I I think you could build in the previous one but I just feel like it kind of cut to the chase here and um I, I playing it I can honestly say now it took some time but it's actually the game that I thought it was going to be on release so um full disclosure when it did release I played it and I was kind of unhappy and like it just didn't grab me I was very uninterested it just didn't feel completely what I thought it was going to be and now it just feels like space Minecraft so and I couldn't be happier it looks pretty good like I'm I'm with you I I was a day one no man's sky purchasee and played it for a handful of hours and just went this is what they've been promising us for 12 plus months and this is the the media juggernaut that sony sort of put behind it and talking it up that it's the best thing ever and blah 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 and everything else was like so much of what was promised and discussed obviously in the lead up to this game was cut so it was a, a watered down sort of uh you know shell of a game from what we were expecting but it feels like now a couple of years on it's finally gotten to where where it was meant to be from from release and um mm-hmm. yeah you you got me on to um this this sort of recent expansion or update they've done where it's almost like a an aliens fusion where there's like these derelict spacecraft that you can board and you know it's very horror-esque and, and very claustrophobic and you know the lights are flickering and there's alien eggs and things situated yeah. around the place and rogue ai robots trying to get you and I was watching some trailers the other day. I'm like, oh shit, maybe I need to get in on this. See, I didn't know like anything about this kind of update that was coming. Um, I think like Sean actually posted like a quick video, which was like very disoriented and um, glitching out. And a lot of people were like, what is this? What does this mean? And then, and then he it got announced that, yeah, it's this like, you know, like deep space horror element that he's added into it. And um, I'm like, I probably jumped in at such a good time as well now. So um, a lot of people are probably coming back because I've heard nothing but like positive 
um, comments in regards to this new update, this new DLC. So, um, like, already I'm encountering, like, eggs and aliens and such like that, which is okay. But for someone that's trying to, like, you know, learn learn the ropes, essentially, um, it was kind of confronting. But, um, like, I think if a lot of people, if you were into all the idea of No Man's Sky um, and was disappointed, much like myself, I do recommend like visiting back. I believe it is on Game Pass. So if you have that, which you should by now because we rave about it a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's so, not a paid advertisement either. It's it really is. Good, good service. Um, so it is on Game Pass. So if you want to you know, test it out, um, definitely try and give it a go. Like I I can't believe like how much I've like grasped onto this. Like I've played about like i think it was about 12 to 14 hours already and i think i installed it on tuesday okay um so it's it's so, sunk its hooks india it's yes yeah, it's, it's pretty much like it has this funny element where i refer to minecraft where um i always get lost i wander and then i like and then i'm lost and now i have this really cool element where i can build a space base if I want to, because I left my ship somewhere, so I was pretty stranded. Um, and then discovering alien language is still, like, my favorite pastime yeah. in this game. So, um, yeah. So, for everyone that has thought about returning, I think this is a pretty good time to come back as well. So, I, I'm having fun, you know, Xbox Game Pass. Try it out. Are you Check playing on Steam? I am playing on Steam. I'm playing okay. on PC. Because yeah. I, I, I genuinely want to get in on this. Once I finish Ghost of Tsushima, I think I'm going to get my hands on a copy of this. I think I only had it though on <clears throat> PlayStation 4. So I might need to pick up another copy. But well, I want to. I think I want to experience this playing with other people. Like I think I'll have a great time by myself too. But I'd love to explore and, and get scared and, and hopefully <laughs> fall in love with this, this game for the first time uh, with some friends. Well, I have been told it is cross-play, but um, oh, I, okay. I, I'm not too sure how that works. Um, when you do load in, you have the option to play just like your own single-player game online, or you can play multiplayer with friends, but I haven't ventured down that avenue okay. yet. But right. yeah, apparently well, it's cross-play. Well, I might be able to just yeah get it off, off Game Pass and hopefully play, play with y'all, but I'll have a look at that. Um, and the other one you've been playing, uh, little cutie patootie known as Ooblets, Oh, it was, I mentioned the previous week that I was looking forward to this, um, this title and luckily enough, I was able to receive a code from, um, PR company Pop Agenda. So, um, ah, uh, it's so freaking cute. Um, <laughs> the way that I can best describe it is think Stardew Valley crossed with Pokemon. That, that's um, a good mix right there. Like yeah. that, that would sell it, I think for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, really adorable and it's also kind of just like aware um society wise like i think they kind of understand who who they're like who was going to play this kind of game because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like sarcasm the npcs are very like blunt and direct and you know like they're not rude but like they'll just say a few little like snide remarks where it's yeah pretty honest and pretty observant i guess um and the cute little ooblets are just adorable like at this stage you see like little groups of them hanging around and the whole key thing about it is you want to level up your ooblets and by doing like fighting ooblets but they dance fight <laughs> no. so yeah so it's, so it's dance it's dance fighting but then there's like this like 
for me, the familiarity of like Hearthstone, the way that you fight is you're given a, like a deck of cards and then you have only so many beats. So each card tells you how many beats it will take and then you're trying to earn points to reach a certain level before your enemy does. So it's like, yeah, so Stardew Valley meets Pokemon meets Hearthstone. Okay. Um, that's I which, did not expect to hear that. That's yeah, for sure. I'm yeah, so it's like it's weird weird three, but a three that really, really works. And um there's also like like because I said Stardew, there's also like farming. And one of the things that you do when you win a battle is like if you beat the like the opposing ooblet, they like shit at well, I shouldn't say they shit out a seed, but I mean come on, that's what's really happening. They literally mm-hmm. do like a fart noise when it happens. Um, so they poop out a seed and you take that and then you go to your little farm and you plant it and then you grow more ooblets. Oh, okay. So, so you're farming ooblets in essence. You're yeah. not like are you farming like crops and things as well or are you just farming oh, yeah, little yeah, creatures? So, yeah, so you also you also have that element where you, know, oh, okay. you harvest okay. and everything and then you sell things to get more money. Then you can like, you know, upgrade your house, you can upgrade your farm, your tools and everything like that. So... Yeah, it's it just works so well. Like the whole concept is very like very simple. It's a very lighthearted game graphically. It's very like, you know, colorful, pleasing on the eye, nothing too complex and it's like very flowy. So it's not a very stressful game. If it's the it's the kind of game that you load up, you want to chill to and then, you know, just look at cute characters essentially. So um What's the, yeah. what's the end game? Like how do how do you finish the game? I want, like that kind of concept hasn't kind of been brought up to me because like I just started it. Um, you know, it starts off with you being a person from a particular place where you hate the people, people are shitty, it's a crummy place, they don't even have ooblets there. So you kind of hop on a boat and go to this island to like mm-hmm. like live the life, kind of like Stardew, I guess, like where you want to build yourself up as, you know, this person in this ooblet world. So you so kind it's, of it's just like a just an eternal game loop really you you play yeah, it until so, you until I guess you're done. Yeah, so you know how in Stardew you have like the town hall that you're kind of helping like upgrade. They have that element as well where you help the mayor who is clearly a child in this game. Um you help the mayor build up like the town hall and there's all these tasks to help build up the town. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of got that element as well where you you know, you've got your own shit to do, but then you're also going to help the town out as well. So, yeah, that's kind of how it runs. Endgame, not 100% certain. Maybe that will come to fruition more that I play. But at this stage, I'm just here to capture all the cute little ooblets. <laughs> they're, such, they're such cute designs. You actually, like, it also has that Pokemon element where you have a starter and they actually, like, kind of bring these ooblets to you and say, like there's this one and there's that one and which one do you want to choose so you only get to pick one at the start so yeah i think i'm think i'm gonna have to give it a look like i love me some pokemons and i enjoyed my time with stardew and and those farming sims so it's on it's on my list and it's it's sort of higher up the list than than some of these other games but um it looked cute as hell and everyone seems to be loving it like so they're just scrolling through twitter this week when this game released everyone was like oh my god it's the best and uh, i'm living my best life and you know it's so cute mm-hmm. and so fun and it's i think it's been a welcome disconnect like from, from a lot of the stuff going on yeah it's in that like uh animal crossing kind of like subcategory of like i don't 
don't want to be present in this current shitty climate. I want to go and live a nice, happy life somewhere else. So Ooblets is a good escape in that sense. So. On the yeah. topic of Animal Crossing, I have yeah. not... My, my Switch has been, like, flat. Like, I obviously could charge it and it would work fine, but my Switch has been flat for... I'd say maybe a month and a half. Like, yeah. I haven't booted that thing up. I haven't played any Animal Crossing in a good long time. Have you Have you jumped on at all? Like, obviously, oh, yeah. we've got some different stuff going on and you can swim like- and dive for things now and whatnot. I constantly like jump in because um like I don't want to reach that moment where my like villagers like say to me like oh it's been a while since I've seen you that hurts like hell like that really hurts like hell when they're like oh it's been a while like where have you been like I can't handle that plus I have like my favorites there so I always like checking in with them mm-hmm. and I had a birthday one of my Oh, Apollo had his birthday. So oh, he's the eagle, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, Fourth of July. So you know. Nice. Yeah, um, I um, I think I'll when I eventually log back into that game, I'm going to be excommunicado from that place. They're probably going to kick me out because <laughs> I haven't been there in so long, and there'll be weeds everywhere, and I don't know what else. Things will probably be on fire somehow. <laughs> Maybe. Like I'm still like, if anyone has tips, because I've been following all the guides, I still have like freaking mm, that Olaf michael jackson anteater on my island i ignored him he didn't go and then he like and then i i started hitting him with the net he just got pissy like i i purposefully talked to everyone in the island but him constantly daily i gave gifts to everyone but him but he's not going like actually my robot frog ribot he came up to me and said, you know what? Thinking about leaving. And I was like, okay, well, I do want to start my hamster island. So, okay, sure. You know, you go. So now I have another hamster. I have three hamsters on my island. Nice. So Nice. I, I don't even know who's on my island anymore. I, I, I miss they might my, leave. They, my island that, mates. Sometimes they apparently like leave if you Yeah, don't I had one. Out. I had the Lionel the Lion just up uproot like two days after he moved in. Didn't say nothing. He was, he was gone. I was like, well, fuck you, mate. Last time I extended an olive branch to you. Sit there and bloody grind away for three days at the campsite and give him gifts and then he just pisses off. It's like, well, well he's stick right up your ass. You. Just like yeah. live in paradise for a while, get some free shit and go. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been playing a couple of games and the first one, you reside in probably the furthest thing from paradise and that's down in Purgatory. So I've been playing West of Dead, mm-hmm. which is a game. It came out, uh, I think about mid to, to late June of this year. And it's one of those roguelike styles, uh, procedurally generated. Obviously, you, you traverse the game as much as you can through these levels. Mm-hmm. You die, you go back to back to zero again and work your way through. So you're trying to um, make your way out of purgatory. And obviously, in, you listen to the, like the name West of Dead. So it's, it's like a Wild West purgatory hell sort of vibe. Ron Perlman does the voice work in it. And it is nice. like, I, I love me some Ron Perlman. He's just got just got that sort of tone and delivery with the way he says things like anyone that's played like a fallout game or watched sons of anarchy or you know the countless other things hellboy and things like that that he's done blade two oh my god yeah with them little dumb glasses (laughs) but can you blush yeah anyway how was the game (laughs) it's it's okay but i've realized playing this game i put about probably three hours in and i just realized i don't really like the roguelike genre very much it's just it not can for be me a punish. Yeah. it is not for me like 
maybe back in my younger days where you know you've got an axe to grind with the world and you want to prove you're the best so you just push through and play these games that's not me anymore <laughs> like give me some ooblets by the sounds of things as opposed yeah. to this like let me let me get seeds pooped out of ooblets and make more ooblets as opposed to trying to avoid the the waves of undead and whatnot but the game itself it's really cool like it's a really cool art style uh the soundtrack's really cool like it weaves in obviously some you know undead beasties with like a wild west sort of vibe with the soundtrack like a lot of like um you know acoustic guitar and whistly noise and and sort of that sort of time period uh you get a get a variety of gunplay dual weld weapons and so you can have your, your own assortment whether you want shotguns and pistols or rifles and they've all got various levels and, and buffs as you work your way through these various levels of purgatory to to try and get back to to your normal life and you can level up things on the way and and there's some strategy where there's a lot of like dark areas you need to sort of tactically roll in ignite the light in that area to then be able to kill the enemies because mm-hmm. without that you can't do any damage and they'll just wreck shop so there is a lot of strategy to that. Health is just a finite resource. So you need to be very careful of what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of these games, I typically like to just try and roll in and be frontline assault. And that doesn't work in these types of games. Like you get nope. you get chewed up and spat out pretty quick, but um, really enjoyed it. I've been playing it on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, so <laughs> as, as we talk about it, it, it is not a paid sponsor. Xbox, if you want to pay us to talk about it, more than happy to have a discussion, but it is... Yeah, just just a great service, and it's it's included on there, and uh, that's where I got my little taste of West of Dead. I'm sure other roguelike fans would enjoy this, and and it would be right in their wheelhouse. And it is you know, a different world uh, that you're playing in compared to a lot of the other ones out there. So you know, I'm I'm just a sucker for anything from the Wild West and that type of vibe. So I thought I'll give it a crack, but it's just not for me. It doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's just. I'm just not into this style of game. I've realized it's too punishing and it's too stressful. So I mean, it's I'm parking the, it. The best thing that you did though is you went out on a limb and tried a new game, like definitely a style that you know is not your first, second, or third choice. But you went out there and tried it because sometimes we all get like confined into our gaming spaces and we don't really ever adventure out and try new game styles because i mean we have a million one other games that we could play so sometimes i think it can be a little bit rewarding just you know kind of extending out of what your uh, preferred genre is so you know kudos to you thank you i will take those kudos and uh put them <laughs> in my back pocket but uh no I'm, I'm just trying to yeah trying to broaden my my gaming horizons as as you were sort of talking about there and game pass and things like that where you can try these these games uh, for a drastically reduced cost or zero it, mm-hmm. it doesn't do any harm to your wallet so yeah i'll just keep trying to play a new game every week or every second ge- week off off game pass just to sort of see what's out there and try some of these smaller little indies and whatnot but i guess contrasting to that i finally got to, to crack into ghost of tsushima uh, so so we got got some media copies provided to us via Sony. So thanks to thanks to everyone there. There was some some global issues with getting these these keys issued. Um, it took them a few days longer than expected. So I only got it yesterday. So I was only able to churn out probably three to four hours last night before before bed. So I haven't completed the game yet. But my experience with this game so far is it's pretty freaking cool. Like uh, the mm-hmm. art style, like. Anyone that's been on social media the last few days would have probably seen a lot of people using the photo mode 
and and oh, sort yeah. of snapshotting various moments that they're that they're experiencing within the game and uh holy moly it is a gorgeous game like um you know action stealth uh from a third person perspective you're playing this samurai called Jin Sakai, who's the the nephew of sort of like the the leader of uh, Tsushima Island. The Mongols have invaded Japan and they've uh, taken over this island. It's um, set sort of in the 13th century, and it is so good. It is so pretty, and I like that it's very respectful to that that time period, uh, respectful to the I guess the samurai way of life. But it's it feels like you're you're playing slash watching a film or like an anime if that makes sense yeah. like just the way it's scripted the the motion capture work and the facial animations are phenomenal it feels like i'm playing like seven samurai or something it is so <laughs> cool and um being able to sort of switch it into the the black and white sort of film mode i can't remember what they call it in in the game itself but be able to convert this into a black and white experience and putting on the japanese dubs with the english subs and playing it that way i've been playing it like that and holy shit it is so cool it's so different to um to uh any any sort of game that i've played recently and and it feels like i'm i'm just engrossed and living in like this cinematic universe and it's so good the combat's great the combat like you can get cut down if you're getting in going in there and being too too aggressive and just sort of swinging with reckless abandon like it does incentivize and push you down the path of, of being calculated with your strikes and you're know, living the way of the samurai so it's a you know blocks and parries and and you know being very calculated with how you how you you swing your blade but it's so damn cool it is mm. so damn cool and being able to sort of uh, you walk up to certain areas in the game and you can sort of like challenge a group of mongols there and sort of so you have like this 1v1 where you've got one you've got to time your single strike the right way and you like kill them in one hit and it's just so cool and like something straight out of a movie and then obviously you can run rough shot through the rest of the rest of the goonies that are usually falling behind it but there's a great diversity of characters cruising around on your horse is cool um mm -hmm. I, I like that obviously the horse yeah that that's that's your sort of your ride or die the whole game so you've got a selection of a few horses and you're stuck with that horse you name that horse so you get this little bond going on uh, you can attack from the horse uh it's it's like like it's the best parts of tenchu but just <laughs> a little more grounded like you're stealthing around you're hiding in tall grass you can attack off roofs you've got a grappling hook stuff like that and yeah it's just so fun like as i said i'm still pretty early into the game about three to four hours but it's hooked me from the jump like it feels like at times you're watching a movie with how they transition into cut scenes and just some of the the wide the wide shots they like they leave you into it's it's gorgeous it's like you're playing a piece of art at times and um yeah, everyone involved with sucker punch that have put this thing out to market it is mm, 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 mm. so good <laughs> Yeah, there's been a, like a lot of mixed reviews. There's like obviously a lot of people who have absolutely adored it, but I've you know ventured down to see what like a good contrast of reviews have said, and I've got to say I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, and actually seeing it, the I was excited that they actually were going to include a Japanese dub, um, but unfortunately there was like absolutely no attempt to kind of link it up with the mouth. Movement? Oh yeah, the the synchronization. It, you can see it's designed for the Western market. Like it's yeah. it's designed for them to be speaking English. 
Like their their lips are synchronized to the English dialogue as opposed to the Japanese. Um, yeah, exactly. It's still cool, but it, it does it does sort of disconnect ever so slightly when you when you're paying close attention to the to the lips and you know trying to read and everything else at once. Mm. But I still love that that part of it. Yeah, and I think the the black and white mood is the Kurosawa. Yeah, the that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, like that mode looks beautiful. It looks absolutely stunning, and I've seen so many gorgeous photos from this game. But I, I, I've watched a bit of gameplay. I've watched kind of like what you know what reviews were kind of saying, and I know that for this one, this game for me isn't kind of like a long game for me. Like I wouldn't actually dive into it, complete it, finish it. I can see myself maybe playing it for a bit, enjoying the gorgeous scenery and just like adventuring out, doing my own thing, forget the story, maybe do a bunch of side quests. Um, there's like a lot of little elements that I like about it, like the the little temples and shrines that you mm-hmm. can discover and, you know, level up through and the little challenges with the bamboo and slicing through. Like those are my kind of things. I can't really see me deep diving into a story so much and sticking to that. So I'm a bit on the fence. I'm not really urgently out to play this I, I i probably will but i definitely wouldn't deep dive on it yeah it's 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 not i i don't feel like it's a a 10 out of 10 masterpiece there are a few little little gripes i've noticed with some little graphical stutters here and there i'm, I'm playing this on the ps4 pro and mm-hmm. i think it's about as loud as the ps4 pro has ever been or maybe maybe oh. i know god of war gave it a bit of a jet engine over overhaul but I was playing it last night and it actually woke the dogs up the first time because um, it was whirring and they were like, what the fuck's that? And they ran over to it and they were looking and, you know, doing their little head tilts trying, trying to, to work get around out. it, yeah. Yeah, but this thing was, you know, F-18 Hornet in the bedroom and it was, um, yeah, it was it was making some noise. So I had to shut the door and everything just to try and keep keep this thing quieter. But yeah, it, it was pushing the, the PS4 Pro to the limits. And you can see that like... The, the the landscapes and the environment you're running around through is gorgeous like mm. it is it is a living art piece that you're running through and i found myself occasionally jumping back just to the normal color palette as opposed to black and white because the scenery is so beautiful you know the mm. sort of flowers and the tree color juxtaposed with the the grass and the water and everything it's it's so cool the lighting alone, like the work and detail with shadows and lighting is extremely gorgeous. Like, um, I, I feel like I really enjoy how that game looks more on like the later in the day, like the late evening with the sunset mm-hmm. or maybe even just like absolute cloudy nightfall. Like it, that's when I feel like the game really looks gorgeous because I find when I've looked at content where it was like full sunlight, open, you know, completely open daylight and in that field that you usually see i like the birds look bad the the details aren't there so much so i just yeah the game i feel looks best the darker it is yeah yeah um i I agree with that i agree with that but um it just just one of my things i've noticed the enemy ai like as far as their peripheral vision when Mm. when you're stealthing around it's pretty shitty like you're almost like you know you're 45 degrees out of their direct vision and for anybody they'd be able to see what's going on but you can you know usually skulk your way around stuff like that and i'm like come on or when you're hiding in you know the 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 game style tall grass and 
you, you can see yourself from everywhere. Like it's covering your kneecaps really. And, and maybe there's a couple little reeds flicking past your head, but you know, sentries walking past you and they can't see nothing. And, it, and it's, it's a core gameplay mechanic that you see in a ton of games. It's like, make just make it denser, you know, make it look like they wouldn't be able to see you instead of, Hey, I'm hiding behind a, a lily pad. Like you can't see me. Like, come on. This like, very thin stick of bamboo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, so that lost me a bit. Do you think it's fair that a lot of people have compared it to like the Batman games, like the Batman Arkham games as well as a bit of Assassin's Creed? Do you see that? A little bit, a little bit like the, the Batman stuff and the Assassin's Creed, maybe from like a combat perspective, how you can mm-hmm. sort of chain, you know, you can be really fluid in combat. You've got, you've got different levels of, of striking uh, as far as your evasiveness with the circle button, you can... Um, through your skill trees there's a few skills trees you can work through to level up and get new new techniques uh, and then obviously new new stances as well with how you're holding your 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 katana which i think is really cool so you have got a little bit of variety on how you can attack and, and move your way in and out of combat rolling around and evading and then you know chaining light and heavy attacks and, and whatnot so i can see that from a combat perspective uh, assassin's creed a little bit, I guess, from the stealth mechanics, how you yeah. are skulking around and you can traverse, you know, there's a, there's, you can, you know, climb up walls, climb up buildings and things like that and attack from above and things. So I can see probably more Assassin's Creed direct linkage as opposed to Batman. The Batman, the closest I'd say would be the combat, but mm-hmm. I like the real minimalistic HUD. I like that there's no big arrow compass pointing into things. You're following the wind, following the breeze, which, which okay. is kind of cool. The breeze can be a little bit up and down. I've noticed there's a few times I've had to stop and sort of try and get my bearings back and work out where that breeze is going to to get me to my next uh, point that I've highlighted on the map. But it's just a pretty game. It's a really yeah. pretty game. And and it's a nice next big AAA to be sinking my teeth into after um, after The Last of Us Part 2. Like it's, don't get me wrong, it's got some heavy tone and a lot of violence, but it's nowhere near as dread-inducing and... <laughs> you know, suffocating as The Last of Us Part 2 was. Actually, before we move on, I just want to address, the, especially the videos I saw, the, the the hot baths, the hot bath scenes that they have where he absolutely goes full noon in his birthday suit, then proceeds to get in... What are they called? Are they hot baths or are they... I think they're... I'd, I'd call it a hot spa? bath. It's probably yeah. got another word, but... Probably. But then, like, the video I saw, he gets completely naked, sits in the bath, and then it says, reflect about your dad or reflect about your uncle. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Read the room. We, <laughs> <laughs> we get We get naked and we think about our family members. I just, like, like you know... Kudos, nice, nice butt. But um, yeah, the the follow through of like what you think about yeah. when you make it in a bath yeah. is just like, mm, okay. Yeah, each to your own. Like, you yeah. know, they're, they're pretty free spirited back in the 13th century. But yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but yeah, ten out of ten butt work. Yeah, but really, really digging it. Really digging it. Looks like another fantastic Sony exclusive. So you know, to add to a long list of other brilliant games that are that are PlayStation and Sony exclusives. So. Yeah, if you've got a spare amount of cash after The Last of Us Part 2, I'd recommend if you can get a get a copy of it, give it a go because it's it's really fun, really enjoying it. Great open world. And Jin Sakai seems like a bit of a you know, he's he's a he's a good protagonist. You can you can get behind him and you can see the struggle and, and trying to take down these Mongols. Um it's really cool. Really cool. So uh yeah, I'll keep playing this and hopefully I'll have this finished by uh episode two oh three. 
But uh, I guess we could do a quick bit of housekeeping and then maybe transition into some news. What do you reckon? Mm, yeah. All right. So obviously, first and foremost, uh, patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit. If you want to throw some money behind us, that would be fantastic. Uh, for as little as a dollar per month, you can get early access to the 8-bit cast as well as the Hungry Game Show. And uh, the episode that is going to be available in the next day or two on the Hungry Game Show is the Pokemon Red vs. Blue Battle, uh, Red vs. Blue Battle, starring Andrew Clayton from a couple of NPCs. It was an absolute hoot to record this past week. Um, full yeah. disclosure, he records his podcast these days from the back seat of his car. So that is an experience. Oh, that's right, because he's you know a papa. Yeah, dad. Yep. Daddy A. Clay. So, uh, yeah, we, we recorded this thing during the week and it ended up being the longest Hungry Game Show episode we've ever done. I initially thought these were going <laughs> to run 30 to 45 minutes. This thing went for an hour and 15, I think, uh, just because he was throwing trivia back at me and then we we're having a bit of a laugh. Ooh, and The yeah. old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. <laughs> But it, it was a cracker of an episode to record and uh, it'll be yeah out on uh, patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit by the time you listen to this and then it'll be also on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed by the end of this week. And then episode 7 of the Hungry Game Show, we'll see uh, Jamie Penning t- step up to the plate to tackle Donkey Kong Country 2. So that's oh. going to be... That's going to be a good one. A nice nostalgia trip again. One of my favorite uh, favorite platformers from uh, from previous gens and uh, yeah, rare classic. Uh, but after that, obviously 8bitnation.net is a great central hub. It's got direct links to our Discord, to our Patreon, as well as our web store, which is shop8bit.net. And uh, we are still running the promotion to uh, you know every dollar we earn between um, now and, and the end of July is going directly to uh, Black Lives Matters oriented charities both here in Australia as well as the United States. So, yeah, if you've got a few bucks to spare at the moment, obviously tax time here in Australia has come and gone. If you've got a little bit of a tax return, you want to get some new merch or if you just want to throw some money behind us all as a collective on Patreon, do so because that money is going to be going directly to charities that are going to help a lot of people in need. Once you're done checking that out, obviously audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au to get the best in audio-based equipment. We're talking headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables. And for those that haven't seen the last couple of days, they've just released their next limited edition uh, M50Xs and they are 8-bit purple, baby. And I can't confirm nor deny that this was uh, directly due to us here at uh, the Hungry Gamers (laughs) and 8-bit, but... I can kind of confirm that we 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 pushed and emphasized to get these purple ones for a good long time, and they're finally oh, here, and they look so good. They are beautiful. Yeah, they really are. And the M50s are, you know, some of the best fitting headphones in the market. Like they just they just cuddle, they cuddle your noggin, and just the the sound you get out of these things is beautiful. So if you're looking for a new set of cans, get yourself some of the limited edition purple ATH M50Xs. We may have a couple of giveaways of these coming up in the next uh, month or so. So keep your keep your eyes and ears peered there. And last but certainly not least, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the podcasts in the hashtag 8 Collective, as well as all the podcasts you are listening to on the reg because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. It takes you next to no time, takes you no money, but just means an awful lot. So uh, if you can spare you know, a minute or two out of your day to start reviewing and rating some of the podcasts you consume on the daily, that would be gratefully appreciated by all of us. But yeah, that's, the, uh, that's the, the housekeeping. Shall we jump into some news? Let's do it. This week's news headlines. All righty. I got some quick hitters coming at you. And the first one, PUBG reaches 70 million copies sold. 
Hashtag, I don't really give two shits. What about you? <laughs> yeah, um, people are still buying it. I didn't realize, like, I know some people still play it, but I didn't know anyone was still counting. So, yeah. I mean, props to the company. I'm glad you're, someone still out there is playing it. But, I mean, I mean, has it changed? I guess as people that haven't really, in, you know, played it since. And we were really big into it mm-hmm. back in the day. We played it a lot. I haven't really seen if they've improved on anything, if there's really anything that new too much. I know there was a few new stages or levels or whatever, maps. But, um, yeah, didn't. I guess there's still a community out there. Yeah, my my knowledge on the old PUBG these days is is pretty pretty minimal at best. Like, uh, and and these numbers to give you, I guess, a bit of an idea of the landscape. Uh, in June 2018, which was six months after the game's official launch, uh, it had reached 50 million sales, and that was the last official sales update provided by PUBG Corp. So, 50 million copies in in June, uh, six months of of life to this game which is insane still like it's that was i think that's going to probably go down as the fastest selling period of of games of all time probably at least for many years to come like it it blew up that game and it became this global juggernaut and yeah we were all about it for a while but we've moved on now we're playing ooblets and you know what taking a step back i gotta you know as much as we're kind of being like who gives a shit taking a step back gotta appreciate like kind of the groundwork that PUBG kind of established yeah. in regards to what is now one of the most more popular genres which is battle royale we can't get a freak enough of now that's so. it yeah like kudos kudos to them for being the godfather of that uh of that genre but uh yeah since june 2018 they've sold another 20 million copies but uh, as far as the data around this additional 20 million copies they don't really confirm if they're full sale because uh if if you signed up with google's uh google's the stadia pro pack you got this game free and it's also oh. obviously included now on xbox game pass so i don't know if they're weaving a bit of marketing fluff on the back of this <laughs> and it's just you know those game pass downloads equate to sales in that 20 million or not like still 50 million to 70 millions no joke like that's still a bucket load of units and, and as you mm. said you know kudos to to PUBG corp and brendan what's his face for uh you know doing this back in the day and, and turning this this genre into this mainstream juggernaut but yeah i, I just guess this game's just hanging out in the background just yeah. hanging out <laughs> yeah but anyway um yeah 70 million copies nice work everyone involved there the next uh, bit of news here I guess it's a little bit of a sad, sad headline here for you, Miss Hart. Destiny 2 Beyond Light has been delayed to November 2020. And uh, obviously, it was meant to be coming out on September 22nd. It's been pushed mm-hmm. back to the 10th of November. So, it's not a, not a huge delay, about you know, five, six weeks, give or take. Yeah, but it's not like there's no other, you know, major games coming out in November that, you know, we've been waiting for that, you know. Just gives me more time to play a bit of Cyberpunk. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. November is such a busy month. Yeah, but um, they, they sort of put up a blog post and they explained that this was due to the back, uh, obviously, of the pandemic. They said, the past few months have been a challenge and will continue to be during this pandemic. We've learned to create together in a new way by having to work apart from one another. Despite these hurdles, we're still committed to the same level of quality that our fans expect. So they're just being real. They're being honest. You know, the world is in a, a shit show right now. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, the world's on fire. So not at all surprised. At least it's not a massive, like multi-month or you know a year delay that we see in a lot of these like um yeah six five six weeks people people can can tolerate that and the ones that can't 
pull your damn heads in. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? This season's been like this very recent season has actually been very well received from people. People seem to be really enjoying it. Um, it's got a lot of like replayability. Um, Destiny community is actually pretty positive, And the majority that I've seen in regards to this news have said, I'd rather wait and have the polished game that you intended to release than, you know, rush and release a half-assed, you know, effort. So... I think I think everyone's happy to wait if it means that we're going to actually get the better than you know <laughs> what could potentially be another downfall for the Destiny community. Hundred percent, yeah. Just just be patient. Let them let them do their work and and cook this thing full through. You don't want it undercooked. So yeah. The next uh, bit of news, a little bit a uh, little bit of a sad one. Xbox One X discontinued ahead of Xbox Series X release. Reports claim, and I'll read this a uh, little bit a little bit of jargon from TechRadar.com. Xbox One X and Xbox One S, all digital edition, have been discontinued ahead of the Xbox Series X release later this year, Microsoft has confirmed. Rumors that Xbox One consoles were being discontinued emerged last week when a Reddit post by an alleged Target employee claimed that the company's internal database was listing both the Xbox One S and Xbox One X as being discontinued. A more recent report by Press Start claims that sources at both EB Games and JB Hi-Fi told the Australian publication that they aren't expecting any more stock of the Xbox One X, with the console being deleted from their systems and instead offering the Xbox One S and upcoming Xbox series. Wowzers. Yeah. And shout out to Shannon Grixty from Press Start. I saw him uh, talking about this on, uh, on, the, on the Twitters earlier, earlier this week. So he's, he's yeah. breaking global news now. Let's go on, Shancake. Right. And like as soon as I saw that post, I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about. XJB Hi-Fi here, like whenever they would discontinue, like with consoles, hardware, or whatever, they'd either delete it out of the system, or they would just, if people still had um, SKUs of it present in store, what they would do is like do little hash symbol next to the t- title, and then write deleted next to it. So, yeah, it, that's it's a pretty evident like thing to see in the system if it wasn't meant to be sold or exist anymore so it's pretty yeah yeah it's 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 been a it's been a good run xbox one x and xbox one s and what have you like uh you'll be sorely missed i I was looking at my one x when uh, when i was reading this article the other day and i was like oh you know the last one in the wild yeah do you think it's a little bit too eager because i mean with the majority of our consoles that you know when the new console released we still you know sold the older console nothing really ever put it in the shadow too much and I felt like it was always just you know it was a longer draw out for them to get deleted and to be no longer a contender to be sold in the retail market but for them to be already like even before the release of the new console they're already saying like yeah no no more I, I get it in a way because um, obviously the One X is the more powerful version of the current iteration of the Xbox. So maybe they're scaling that back to say, okay, here's your One S baseline that still does everything fantastically, but you want that true graphical gameplay jump, go to go to the Series X. So I think they're just trying mm. to almost bridge, like widen the gap between current gen and next gen and just make it look more appealing because the One X, it's, it's a beast. And... Um, the graphics on this thing, like like that I'm playing, it, it, it pumps it out. Like, it is gorgeous. Well, then I hopefully assume that the price point for the console is then just as competitive and equivalent to those previous ones by taking them off the market. Like, you don't want to disadvantage people by saying, like, yeah, you want to add to the gaming atmosphere, but, like, 
we're only giving you this expensive new option. Don't worry about the old ones or go to, you know, like a, you know, pawn shop or your, what was the other one called? Cash converters. That's it, cash converters. So pick up a, pick up a secondhand one from someone else. So I don't know, like I get it, but then I also am like, it seems a bit, you know, preemptive. Yeah, like I'm, I'm with you. Like, um, I guess that they're just trying to lessen the skews because obviously they've got the, the Series X, and then they're talking about a lighter version of that Series X as well. So just have the the two Series X variants coming out later this year, and then the One S as the previous gen baseline. I get it, and then just the wording too. I guess the Xbox One X, Xbox Series X. It does start to get pretty freaking confusing, especially like yeah. think Christmas time. Parents going, oh, I need to get <laughs> need to get my son or my daughter the the new Xbox series x you mean a one yeah yeah and you know the the confusion that would flow from that so maybe there's trying to to make it easier for parents come christmas time that this is me taking it that they acknowledge that the naming was stupid <laughs> oh it is it is a mess like just just press reset on that and follow the the playstation route you know just playstation one two three four five six seven through to how many they're going to eventually make like it's it's so simplified and it eliminates a lot of the guesswork instead of one s one x one s digital edition series x series x deleted whatever it's going to be like come on just just make it easy for everybody give it like a completely different name like was it like scorpio was that one of them yeah scorpio (laughs) that's 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 the um that was the sort of prototype code name for the the one x and that's what i've got in there the the project scorpio edition in my bedroom yeah so like those things aren't confusing so oh well yeah. Anywho, we'll we'll see what the next next gen <laughs> comes out with with their naming conventions. Uh, moving moving through to some more uh, Xbox and Microsoft discussions. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate adding Project X Cloud game streaming service to its subscription. So Microsoft is adding a new perk to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, the subscription, the subscription that bundles Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass for console and PC starting in September. Project X Cloud is coming there. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate's price of $14.99 per month isn't changing, Microsoft have said. Project xCloud is Microsoft's cloud-based streaming technology that lets users play Xbox Game Pass titles on phones and tablet devices. Microsoft, uh, Microsoft announced Project xCloud in October of 2018, and the service has been in public testing since September of 2019 in some countries. Access to Project xCloud is currently limited to the US, Canada, South Korea, and the UK and many countries in Western Europe, according to an FAQ on the Xbox website. The streaming service is currently compatible with Android smartphones and tablets. Microsoft launched a limited test version of xCloud on iOS this past February. So this is cool. This is cool. Like being able to play your your, your Xbox Game Pass games on your phone or your tablet on the go. Uh, and the fact that this is all inclusive in that bundle, like imagine playing Halo Infinite on your, on your tablet <laughs> come come release at the end of this year like later this year uh, i'm i'm all for it and they seem to be doing things the right way as opposed to things like <clears throat> google stadia <clears throat> uh, but what do you think yeah that's what it looks like it's like stadia said hey what if and then they unfortunately couldn't execute it and microsoft goes great idea we'll do it properly mm-hmm. hold my beer yeah, yeah, we'll 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 get this done. Don't worry, we'll show you how it works. I mean, I like and appreciate that Xbox always talks about like let's just instead of making you pay for this and this and this, let's just make it one thing that you can pay for. That way, you kind of stop questioning like, 
oh, I have like Xbox Gold, but do I have this? Or, you know, like you're constantly thinking about whether or not you're actually covered. So, you know, once again, everything just lumped in together and then you'd be able to like just, you know, whip out your tablet or whatever and play it while you're at work or catching the train or bus or whatever. I mean, sorry, Australia. <laughs> yeah, that that was going to be my next point. Like we, we may never get this, but... uh. A lot of the other Western market does and, and lucky for them and their smart network infrastructures. It's the, that's it, isn't it? It's just strictly these companies recognizing that Australia is completely ins- like unstable when it oh, comes yeah. to providing these services. That's what happens when our government decides to run copper around the whole country <laughs> instead of fiber. You know, who, who, why should we put this cool light-based technology in? Let's, let's use copper that's been around for eons instead. Like, come on now. What could Come go on. wrong? Yeah. Uh, like, but in regards to like the gaming sphere, like like kind of unfortunately taking the jab, like I always thought the concept of what Stadia was trying to do just made sense and it was a good way to like, you know, move forward in regards to gaming. So it's kind of good to see like someone like Microsoft taking the helm and kind of saying like, let let's us make this work. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, keen to see more of that and... Yeah, you lucky ducks that aren't in Australia and are in those regions in question, getting that service added to something already paid for with no increase in cost, you know, that's that's a win. That's a big old win. Something that I don't know was a win overall upon reflection is the uh, sort of second last thing we wanted to talk about this, uh, this week is the Ubisoft Forward event that aired <laughs> this past week. Uh, it took place on July the 12th and uh, brought with it a variety of news on the company's upcoming games, namely focusing on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, and Far Cry 6, which sadly leaked um, in the days yeah. leading up to the event, which we talked about late last week. Mm-hmm. They didn't address a lot of the abuse allegations that are doing the rounds at the moment, mm-hmm. and a lot of people within Ubisoft have since been put on been put on blast or resigned or being made to leave the company like that's a whole nother kettle of fish that we want to unpack today but from a game uh live stream event i was very underwhelmed i don't know did you watch the whole thing like it ran oh, about yeah. 45 minutes I, I waited for it i watched it because i really wanted to see far cry 6 i like the um trailer did leak like the actual full trailer apparently leaked online it went no, like I'm avoiding this. I want to experience this firsthand because it just, just from the things that we saw, it already looked good. So I wanted to experience it, you know, on my big TV and everything. So yeah, so so they they kicked off this Ubisoft Ford event with a with a big showcase of Watch Dogs Legion. Like they had like a um a, a sort of short film that started up, and then they were doing some discussions with with various producers. Very long. Yeah. <laughs> it was and- so long. And then showed some gameplay and the variety and how you can tackle missions. You know, obviously anyone within the game you can hypothetically recruit to your to your cause, and they've all got different abilities and pros and cons and, and different ways to attack the the mission goal or the mm-hmm. game goal itself, which I really like. I like that kind of uh, unpredictability with how you can play this game. But like it looked cool and it looks bonkers and some of the characters were very memorable. Some of the voice work felt a little bit too forced to me. It felt off. There was a lot of off off voice work where it just didn't link up. Like it just didn't connect. Like it happened a few times in the game, like in the, what they were showcasing where I was just like, that just didn't feel right. So 
Yeah, but like London looks really cool. Like the the world you're running around in and causing all this chaos in looks interesting. That some of the characters you're going to be going up against look pretty interesting and pretty formidable. And I I like that. I guess this game gives you multiple varied experiences within the one game like if you Mm -hmm. want to be a hacker you can you can play that role you want to be just a a blunt object and run in swinging punches and and you know being violent there was like the artist which is like the assassin that they showcase which pretty much john wick with a mask on the way they were running around even in the damn suit like had the suit had the gun had the same sort of shooting styles and and sort of uh, you know finishing moves that you see in the john wick films um and then, yeah, the old granny with the taser and whatever else. So you get, I think you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck in this game, especially when it comes to replayability and how you want to attack missions. But it feels like it's slowly but surely becoming more and more like those later real zany Saints Row games. I Yeah, I can see that. Like, there's this element where they tried to be like very like present and aware, like in the current, like, state of affairs and everything but then it just completely threw you off because of all the weird technology the hover freighters like all these other things which kind of displaced you away from like it being kind of of a more presently placed game like obviously there's you know obviously political undertones and everything like that and you know but the one thing that bothered me and i apologize because i obviously know you know, making a game is difficult enough, but even like throughout this presentation from Ubisoft, their the graphics, the quality of gameplay just hasn't changed. Yeah, like it it, it hasn't improved in my opinion. Now, like it felt kind of old. It, like, some it, some it, of it, it did look a little dated. I must admit. Yeah, and like if like I if this is like what they're going to be showcasing also on the new consoles, like, like it, it didn't look good. Like it didn't like really stand out to me. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the character models and the, the face models and everything. It just looked very few, like two, three years ago. Yeah. And I like, you know, like obviously they're trying to make the game itself bigger and, you know, more options, more replayability, you know? So obviously that takes a chunk of time. But just when you put in that effort and you create this wonderful futuristic, I guess, London atmosphere, but then character models just don't like blend in. It's it was really off-putting. I think too, the more we see these these um, events that are obviously the direct replacement to to E three and things like that, the more we're starting to realize the jump between current gen to next gen isn't going to be as huge as we think. Like yeah. I think a lot of people had these unrealistic expectations just due to media write-up and hype that it's going to be this genre-defining huge jump that's going to be like insane and the graphics and the gameplay and everything else is going to be unlike anything (laughs) we've ever seen before but it's like no it's just a lot of these games have just got a slightly nicer coat of paint on them or a few more mechanics thrown in or the load times are quicker like don't get me wrong i'm not discouraging the tech and the studios making these games it's going to be awesome and we're going to get some fantastic experiences but it's not going to be this huge cataclysmic jump to the next universe that I think where you know, people have been waiting for. Yeah, like it wasn't even kind of like an expectation that like with new console that I was expecting 
like because of new consoles, I was expecting it to be graphically better. I just like even if they release this, you know, earlier on in the year, so everyone could play it on current generation consoles, I still feel like it's a bit off. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Like, and you know, I like I said, I apologize because obviously making a game ain't a walk in the park, but just it was definitely something that caught my eye that was really throwing me off. Mm. Firewatch is a game about walking in a park, though. So. Oh, well, then I'll play that then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so a couple other games that don't really want to deep dive too heavily on these. They, they showed a game called Brawlhalla, which was like a mobile free-to-play Smash Bros clone mm-hmm. by the looks of it. Got no real skin in the game in that universe. Looked okay. I'm pretty sure I saw some characters from Adventure Time in there. I don't know if yeah. I was playing tricks. My eyes were playing no, tricks. You definitely did see it. I think this game was actually available on like Switch or PC. I've seen it before. Okay. Well, yeah, we're coming to mobile soon. And then the next one, which which I thought was weird as shit too, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, where they're bringing in characters from, from the Tom Clancy universe, from, you know, Siege and Splinter Cell and um, stuff and ghosts and stuff like that mm. to do like squad-based gaming. I'm like, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> the, the character models, like they, they, they've gone the, the Fortnite route. As oh, far yeah. as the skin style. Fortnite vibes, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, cool, man. Not for me. Trailer, hurry up and finish so I can see what you got next. And then Hyperscape was the next one that they did a bit of a deeper dive on. Mm. Um, it just, it's, it's, it's Ready Player One Battle Royale for me. Like, that's exactly yes. what this damn game is. What the hell was like, it, they didn't even try to like, because it's like, I guess it's, is it really like the first time we've kind of gotten a battle royale where there's apparently a story happening in the background or? Oh, like, like you know, obviously Apex and stuff. Apex has a oh, bit of story yeah, they try and I weave, guess. but. Yeah, yeah. But like, I guess with this one, it felt very like solo player kind of storyline. Um, And yeah, like you saw it straight away and you're like, yeah, this is really player one and then just like kind of like watching them to talk about what they've added to it and this and then you know you can do that and then there's these things that are on the stage floors and then there's this. I'm like in my opinion it kind of felt like they said let's make a battle royale game because we should make a battle royale game they're popular but we need to make it different let's throw all these things in there to make it different and to me it just it was just a mess it was mm. just so many different things and I'm like, no, nah, this is like, this is not for me. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Like it's in open beta now. I know here in Australia, we had some issues with servers and, and lag and ping and stuff like that. But I think they've set oh. up a server here in Australia now. So the connect connection issues and things should be a lot better for people that are looking to get into it. I want to at least play a couple of games just to feel it out. I'll but try it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it doesn't get me excited. Like I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah. I, I can appreciate the look of it and yeah the fact they're trying to weave in a story and this game is actually you know you're playing this game in a game really like it's mm-hmm. not not real life that's probably not the right term to use for some of these other brs like where it is the character you're playing this is life or death for them where this is just a game for the characters you're controlling so mm-hmm. it looked very interesting like the art style is kind of cool but i'm wondering if they have just thrown too many ideas into the pot on it and it maybe just doesn't mesh but we'll see I'll, I'll reserve complete judgment until i play a couple of rounds of it and see how it stacks up but free to play you know they're, they're saying all the right things but we'll see if it can find a life and, and a community and, and survive as opposed to going the way of a lot of the other battle royales before them 
It's very oversaturated. I feel like you either play Fortnite, you play Apex, or you play Warzone. Yeah. yeah. I play Apex. I still have not played one game of Warzone. I miss Warzone. <laughs> I watch a lot of Warzone streams. <laughs> and the, uh, the second last game they highlighted, they uh, did a deep dive on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, showing some actual gameplay, showing the characters, showing the worlds. I, I thought this was well done. There was a few things in the, like what you're saying with the graphics where I'm like, the game looked gorgeous, but some of the character models, they were a little stripped back and I'm like, oh, there's mm-hmm. not as much detail in that face that I thought I would, but I put a couple little dot points, which I thought were pretty interesting. I love that you can dual world any combination of weapons. So you mm-hmm. could do dual axes, you know, sword, shield, whatever else. Or and they even showed a bit where someone was dual welding two shields and like taking down people, which just seems stupid, but I like that they give you that freedom. The Viking harpoon looked pretty cool, which is like a like a grappling hook sort of thing. You throw it in and you can pull them forward and whatnot. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that you can go in and out of stealth with the, the hood cloak. So mm-hmm. you've got options when you want to be a little bit anonymous and blend in, or if you just want to run roughshod as, as Eivor, the male or female Viking you play as. The massive Saxon assaults, I think, look really cool where you're trying to take down townships and you've got the big Viking raiding party trying to, you know, smash through doors and descend the, you know, the walls and whatnot and and take down the Saxons. I think that looked really awesome. And overall, I'm still excited to play this game. Uh, I'm I'm a big Assassin's Creed tragic and love me some Vikings. So uh, I'm keen as a bean for November the 7th when this comes out. Did this, this trailer move the needle for you at all Did it move into sort of purchase territory or have you gone the other way no it i've never witnessed a gaming event where it's it unsold me on two titles that i was interested <laughs> goodness gracious um, and was that watchdogs and assassin's creed yeah, that they both unsold you yeah i was actually pretty excited and i was also very understanding on the first presentation of like valhalla and they were like not showing gameplay and i was like hey give them time like you need a cinematic first like you know they sell you on the idea and then you get to see the gameplay but then they showed me the gameplay and i'm like i couldn't give a fuck about this it looks <laughs> terrible like it doesn't look terrible but like like you know like you kind of brought up again from what i was saying before is that the models just look very old they remind me of like you know the gaming like design and models that we've seen in previous games like there's really been no major upgrades there there was definitely some scenes where like the environment and the world looked beautiful and it looked really really gorgeous but then it was completely like sliced when they went into gameplay and i don't know it just it really did unsell me wow (laughs) so yeah yeah i I get it like i understand where you're coming from like as we sort of let off with this little bit of news bite it it, it was overall a bit underwhelming for me and um i I guess that kind of weaved into the the final showcase obviously this is where they were going to announce far cry 6 to the world for the first time but leakers being leakers uh got out ahead of ubisoft on that one leak is gonna leak leak is gonna leak as they say or they might start (laughs) saying because we're pioneers of of wordplay here on the hungry gamers Mm -hmm. but yeah it was was a couple of minute trailer uh showing giancarlo esposito as el presidente in all his glory and all his uh infamy great trailer like there was times (laughs) there where i wasn't sure if it was all cgi or if there was some actual like you know proper filming going on like and Giancarlo he's he's the way he delivers vocally and just you know we talked about this last week his presence is just 
unlike many people in mm-hmm. in the performing arts space. And I thought this trailer was cool. Overall, it didn't give us much, but it was a cool story trailer. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you've written a note here that I 100% agree with you, especially after being a, a recent viewer of True Detective. That intro <laughs> was a hundred percent very true to tell yeah, you. That's all I was thinking the whole time because it was a full cinematic intro with like yeah. all the actors or writers' names involved in it and various little cutscenes and icons popping up and mm. and like I'm I'm all about cinematic trailers. I don't you know, like even though I got completely disappointed by Valhalla, um the cinematic trailers are fun. I like them. I like kind of them kind of like, you know, going down and like just showing you like telling you selling you the vision i guess is what the best way to describe it and saying like this is this is what we kind of like are going for on a plate and like i mean i i mean i'm on board like this once again there seems to be a bit of a political undertones to this game as well um we saw rioting um which is very um relevant to today uh-huh. but you know like it, everyone's kind of pointing out that this is looks like we're going to be in a more like like urban environment like cities and buildings and whatnot so um like i'm a bit curious still on the time period i don't know if that's been established yet yeah i couldn't gauge it either and um it looks sort of present day from what i could see from just the i was like you see the like the riot police in the streets trying to uh settle settle the general populace down and stuff and they look like they would sort of be positioned around around this time period we're in right now yeah okay but i don't know i could be wrong too yeah well like you know like you know they give you just enough to kind of get a general idea of like what to expect and like far cry has done pretty damn well with having a really good like villain like a really good bad guy and um this has to be like one of the best oh yeah this like this is obviously jumping the gun without really knowing too much but i mean come on (laughs) yeah no it's he's great like i i could watch him just eat breakfast cereal and read me the comic strip in the newspaper and i'd probably be just completely you know obsessed with everything that comes out of that man's mouth he's just just a i don't know he's just got something about him and it's hard to see him portray a role other than bad, though. I think that's the big thing with him. He's just the the ultimate bad guy. Like, yeah. But yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with the El Presidente character. And like, I haven't done much research on it, but I'm assuming like, are you going to be playing his son? Like, there's going to be a bit of a time jump from there, maybe, and you're going to be playing his early adult son. Like, because it doesn't introduce mm. the the character you're playing per se, but it leans very heavily and emphasizes on uh, El Presidente's son and him struggling with how his dad is and how this country is and everything else. I think really, uh, like, with the Far Cry games, they really do try to remove you from really any kind of, like, relation to the story. Mm. And, I like, I feel like that's always a good way to put a player into a game because if, you know, you put a faceless character into a game, then the player feels more connected in their choices they're not playing someone else's story so much you know it's kind of their own so 
I, I still feel like you'd probably be going down that route. Like maybe you'll be a citizen or maybe someone that's traveled to the area, maybe a journalist, like who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe it's that, that lone writer they sort of focus on where he's got the maybe. bandana over the face and he's shirtless and he looks up at El Presidente and his son. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's who you play as. I don't know. Well, I feel like because you know you usually have to have some kind of connection to the bad guy, you're probably going to be some person, like I said, maybe a journalist, where you're going to have that connection maybe to like some kind of like resistance, but then you're also going to have that connection to the government as well or to El Presidente, essentially. You're yeah. going to have like that, you know, that balance between the two of like who you should be working for or who you will be connected to closely. Maybe, maybe yeah. his son drops that grenade and you're that rioter down there and you cop life-threatening injuries from that grenade and you heal and come back and then that's the revenge piece can we talk about if he actually dropped that grenade he would have killed the riot police yeah he would have killed a lot of people yeah but el presidente don't seem to give two shits yeah no he doesn't so Mm. yeah he's just a gangster all right so Mm. uh let's let's pivot into the last uh back end of this episode and we'll start with a bit of this new releases and events so this week there's a good smattering of games coming out. Um, a couple of note that could be of interest to people. Uh, Crisis Remastered lands on the Switch on July 23rd. And uh, one game that I'm about to start playing this weekend, courtesy of Devolver Digital, is Carrion. Uh, it's Ooh. coming out on the Xbox One, the Switch, and the PC on July the 23rd as well. So I'm going to have my my review and my impressions and my thoughts on episode 203 of carrion but uh yeah it looks bonkers haven't haven't touched it yet i've got the installed ready to roll but i'm excited to to get amongst that and live my best horror monster life mm. and, and run roughshod through uh, through this world and, and just eat and kill everything i can so looks really cool uh, anything this week coming out that you're excited about maybe rock of ages 3 make and break uh, on july 21 <laughs> No, like Carrion was actually um, something that I like was very interested in because it's a very interesting style, but it reminds me back to old PC games, like that kind of style. So it definitely brought my attention. So I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing what you have to say about it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to, to give it a go. And, and yeah, it feels like I'm almost playing as the thing slash the blob and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm all like, about that life from like, the 80s. Uh, it- what is it called? What was that one called? Inside? Was that what the game was called? Oh, was yeah. It? Inside, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, those little vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bit of eeriness, bit of eeriness. Mm. But yeah, there's a few games coming out this week. Uh, so uh, make sure to check that out if you've got a spare bit of, bit of cheddar to throw towards those. But obviously, Ghost of Tsushima is my uh, my main recommendation. It's, it's tough it not to recommend Rock of Ages 3 make and break. But uh, yeah, chuck some money behind Ghost of Tsushima and uh, carry in if you can. But uh, let's jump into this. Tweet of the week. And this tweet, uh, we're grabbing it directly from at PC Gamer. And uh, there's a YouTube video that accompanies this. But the tweet simply read, watch Henry Cavill build a PC very seductively. So uh, this this has been probably the biggest thing on the internet the last 24 to 48 hours. Everybody has jumped on it in a big way. Henry Cavill... He's already become a bit of an internet darling and a, and a geek and gamer space darling through obviously portraying Geralt in The Witcher and then obviously talking about his gaming prowess and, and obviously PC being the dominant platform for him. Everyone you know, probably warmed their hearts a little bit more when he mentioned that. But what do you think about this video where he's building PCs? Like, as someone who's built a PC, like, everyone kind of like, 
getting all like hot and misty over it. I'm like, I, I can't see that side because I only ever remember all the shit going through and building on PC. So I'm like, like, it's, it's not fun. Like, he's great. I think everyone likes the illusion of a man building, a muscular man building something and creating. And, oh, it's a PC. So the inner nerds, you know. But, I mean, it just shows that he is the superior human because he's a PC gamer. Mm. And he's Superman and Geralt. Like, uh, uh, but he's a PC gamer. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, um, it's a great video. And we were talking about this a little bit offline. Like, I think just that he seems like a genuine good bloke makes mm. it easier to sort of root for him. Like, like when, you're, when you're blessed with the genetics he, he has, like he's a good looking fella. And then, you know, now he's just this big jacked pop culture icon. You know, guys can get jealous. They can get envious of, of, <laughs> of God's gift that, uh, that is presented to us here in the way of Henry Cavill. But like, I can appreciate and respect him. I saw a lot of guys that were kind of a bit, you know, flustered by this video. I think he is a woman's man and a man's man oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, also let's like let's get buff geek culture going. Like, you know, let's let's make buff geeks a thing cuz I think that really, you know, throws a spanner in the loop for all those bloody jocks out. <laughs> if we can actually kick your asses. Like he's he's sort of probably He's somewhere in my top five. He, he maybe maybe he's on the t- in the top three as far as like you know the man crushes that the uh, man that crush. one has. Like I, I don't know what it is, but Hugh Jackman and Chris Hemsworth are my sort of my main two boys. Nothing to do with the fact they're Australian blokes, but there's just I don't know. Especially Hugh Jackman, eh? yeah. I've, I just have loved him just as a just as a guy. He's just he seems like just the nicest, most genuine dudest of dudes. And um, yeah. I, I just love him and love his story and everything else. And obviously, he plays Wolverine, a heap of other great performances. But <laughs> yeah, him and him and Chris Hemsworth, and maybe Henry Cavill has, has sort of moved up into into oh, number yeah. three for me. Like, yeah, yeah. So I I, I can appreciate that and admire it, and, and you know, give him a, give him a hat tip to his uh, PC building prowess <laughs> and the fact that he makes a, a dingy old blue wife beater singlet look appealing. We talked oh about God, blue wife beaters last, like a few weeks ago, but oh yeah, the curtains—they look like the curtains from The Simpsons Kitchen. Oh, I didn't notice that. I just like because I—I'm curious where he is to build this PC. It looks like he's at his like his mum's or his grandma's place. So I—I I, and I kind of hope he is. Yeah, because... he, he could be building it for his mum or grandma, like you know. And then then he jumps up even further, like to god tier yeah. status. But uh, yeah. this was awesome, and it's—it was great to have this thrown in amongst a lot of the other internet shit that we wade through on the daily oh, yeah. so it was nice to get a little little random nothing story really but it brought a lot of people together and a lot of positive discussion a lot of nice you know nice moments and you're already seeing a lot of people parody this and be like you know i build pcs all the time and showing their little videos and making pcs <laughs> or trying to be sexy and whatnot and it's it's great but yeah shout out to henry cavill for for just being a dude and that sort of weaves us into the last part of this episode. You've got mail. Mail. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why it did that. Maybe we'll just leave that in there. It got a bit creepy. He, he, he heard us talking about Henry Cavill and just was, oh. Old, old Chuck Fresh needs to have a cold bath as well by the looks of things. So, uh, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, this, uh, this sort of ties directly into the tweet of the week and uh, our question of the week in light of Henry Cavill building a PC and getting us all hot under the collar, which celebrity would you want building slash taking care of your tech? 
So I've had a few other sort of um, responses thrown out my way. And uh, Matty Tilby says, Daniel Ricciardo, obviously Formula One race car driver from Australia. I think he's from Perth, if I remember right, Daniel Ricciardo. And he oh. says, yeah, he would have a bloody good time doing it. Like he's, he's, he's another one of them just stereotypical Aussie blokes. Uh, Nicholas Wilder doubled down on things and just said definitely Henry Cavill. He said he's met him a few times and he's lovely and massive. So jealous that uh, that he's met the met the big unit and uh, talks very highly of him. What about you? Who are you? Uh, who would you want handling your tech if you were to get someone around to to build your PC and and just you know play with your joysticks? I mean, mm, um, I, mean, I, <laughs> I kind of went down the thing of like, well, why not another like gorgeous big buff looking nerd so i'm thinking um joe Mang- manganello oh I yeah say he's the wrong name wrong he's a big D fan so i assume he's kind of in that geek sphere so i he's another one of those guys that are just ridiculously big and handsome like he's a good looking dude too and it's like and get out of here ma- he is married to sofia figuera so yeah. you know can you imagine their kids living the life i don't think they're gonna have kids yeah they're both pretty old she has a kid that's like in his like mid twenties. Yeah, think. his name's like, uh, Manalo or something like that. I only know that because uh, there's Head and Shoulders ads with both of them in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they air that ad yeah. all the time over here. So he's he's got dry scalp, the poor fella. <laughs> I I'd probably trust Joe, or you know what, the other one. Less about being nerdy, but just being the perfect person to call around about my PC would just be Jeff Goldblum. Could you imagine just him kind of, oh, okay. Like. <laughs> he was on my list. I went down oh, that really? path too. And you're just picturing him like, oh, so we connect the CPU to the cooling oh, unit. <laughs> that's magnificent, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> I, I had <laughs> Jeff so Goldblum excited. or Bill Murray. Like, I know my oh, computer yeah. would never probably get built and it would never work, <laughs> but just... I adore Bill Murray and he is another like global treasure mm-hmm. uh, and just having him in a room with me trying to build a computer or playing games or, or whatever this, this sort of tech question weaves itself out to, I think would be pretty special. So yeah. Bill Murray was my, my other one. I went down that route. Like, I, I don't know if like I thought about the hot in the column, like there's people we could add there, but I'm like, no, I want to, want to have a bit of fun. I want to have a bit of fun. So yeah, Bill Murray, was uh was one of mine and yeah Jeff Goldblum was was my honorable mention there so yeah but you can't go wrong I think anyone building your PC is a good person because yeah it is a fucking bass of a thing to do <laughs> don't get me wrong it's one of the most rewarding things but like you know there's a little bit of like frustration in between plus the money are these people are these celebrities paying for it for us yeah uh, i hope so i hope so because yeah i'd want to get like dual rtx 2080s in there and stuff like that I'd, I'd want this thing you know to to melt the paint off the walls it's going to be running that good i want just to light the fucking room up oh yeah rgb <laughs> everywhere can you, can you imagine like just jeff goldblum being completely enamored and obsessed with all the rgb going on yeah. in that pc oh, build? So, what do the lights do oh nothing <laughs> oh that's brilliant <laughs> I love you, Jeff Goldblum. But yeah, be sure to um, send us in your questions. Obviously, hello at 8bit.net if you want to drop us an email or you can DM either of us or the collective at we are 8bit 
on the Twitters. Uh, send us in questions. They can be gaming related. They can be pop culture related. They can be life related. We just want to sort of break it up and, and, and have some fun with the last part of this pod. So keep them questions coming on in. If you've got any, any follow-up responses for who you'd like to um, have building slash taking care of your technology, slide in and let us know about that too because we'll share those on future episodes. Um, speaking of sharing... Uh, we sort of had the had the poll ran from last week regarding the folding and scrunching, and folding oh. came in at sixty eight point one percent of what? the vote. So folders unite! I'm firmly there with you. But only at sixty something percent. Yeah, there's still thirty odd percent of scrunches out there. You scrunches! You what are you doing, <laughs> guys? Come on! I'm never you shaking your hands. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right now with COVID. I don't want oh, COVID and shit on my hand. <laughs> Name of the episode. <laughs> but yeah, be sure to send those questions through because uh, we're having a lot of fun with them. But yeah, this is this has been episode 202. Anything you want to say, Miss Hart, before we get on out of here? Honorable mention, Devolver Digital also did a presentation. It's obviously classic Devolver Digital and it's wacky, but take the time if you want just to take a few moments because between all their different E3 presentations, it's very self-aware. So, um, you know, watch it. It is weird. You might be going, what the F am I watching? But give us some time. And they also released a game to also show off their E3 games. It's pretty cool. It's on Steam. That's so, great. Yeah. I love Look what they that. do. They're just so different to everyone else in the industry and they I own it. work for anyone, it would be them. Oh, yeah, you'd fit right in. You'd end up being the right. CEO within a month. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, girl can dream. That's it. That's it. But yeah, 8-Bit Nation, this has been episode 202. Thanks for stopping on by. But until next week, we'll return for episode 203. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. What would be the first gaming idea you pitch as CEO of Devolver Digital? I don't know. Something to do with boobs or food, maybe both. That's that's a win. Edible boobs. Or maybe the boobs eat everything. It's like instead of the blob, it's the boob. And it consumes the world. (laughs) Sold!